Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
Mars glided through the darkness as if under the full burn of the noonday sun, his every movement undiminished for the lack of lighting. He was growing hungrier by the second, holding out a small hope that his quarry wouldn't go into death without a properly nourishing fight. Keith proved right about the location. It was indeed a wine cellar, yet it proved empty of any potential combatants, filled only with the contents of its namesake and strung with copious shadow and cobweb. But the war god was not one to give up on a meal so easily, moving into adjacent rooms and any available space that could harbor spies and assassins alike. While Mars lacked the refined senses of his companions, at least while a certain share of the warring spirit was absent his body, he possessed the instincts of a hunter supreme. It took only a few moments for him to discover signs of his quarry. Dust rose to his nostrils and settled upon his skin, dust his own careful movements couldn't have loosed into the air within the given amount and concentration. Whatever was down there was close by. Due to Mars's absence, Lynn had to make do with Keith's taste receptors, which was easily enough accomplished, but she detested his power of hearing that permeated all his other senses. Keith did not taste things per se. He detected a certain sound that lived in what he consumed, its particular song. It wasn't long before the scent stealer had given up entirely on the prospect of enjoying her food. Cordon blew the taste like the song of an omelet and save for tapping enough sensation so as not to choke on her food, consumed her meal within the obliviousness of her unfeeling mouth. Keith realized immediately that Lynn's power had abandoned his tongue, as there were no lulls in his own sense of taste, indicating the pull of her parasitic power. The word universe seems to indicate that all that exists consists as pieces of a single song, Lynn. You should feel privileged to hear whatever parts of it you can, wherever you can find them, even if they do happen to be tucked away into the soul of a souffle. He hid his smile behind a lengthy draw of wine. It's an omelette, you pretentious wanker. Lynn almost giggled, her surroundings inducing a sense of normalcy. Just friends out enjoying a nice dinner. Keith laughed outright, happy to see his companion enjoying herself a bit. Neither of them paid much attention to the man who took a seat at the rear of the restaurant. He was as plain and drab as the gray skies, simply a drifting smoke of dullness. The man signaled the waitress and ordered a cup of coffee, his eyes wandering with a casualness that belied their true focus. He'd been waiting and watching for an opportunity such as this, to catch a citizen of Deadwich out in the open. He'd been ordered from his surveillance of the city to assess the status of an escaped kindred spirit, the Oversapien known as Abraham Blumgart. Abraham had seen the inside of the damnation machine only a few years after his own inclusion within the thing, owing to the same masters and mission. Yet their respective fates couldn't have been more distinct from one another. Abraham had become one of the first deadborn, creatures of undeath, each one of them wildly different from the next, but for the fact they'd all been risen from the dead. It was simply a lucky coincidence that he'd crossed paths with the passengers, who had seemed to have their own business with the wayward corpse. 
The man's gift from the machine was considerable, yet he generally liked to wait before springing it upon his prey, preferring to gauge the situation as completely as he was able. And of course, these were no easy prey. They were like him. Of the three of them, he determined Lynn to be the most dangerous, having some sense of what she was capable of via the rather limited dossier he then provided. The remaining two, he surmised, would present little trouble, provided he acted first and with sufficient gusto. Yet, as with all his kind, the upper bounds of their gifts were unknown, and precisely why he was being extraordinarily careful. The Oversapien could feel Mars's presence drawing closer to the dining room, having tracked him back upstairs, the air itself betraying the war god's position to him. But just as he reached out with his own strange senses to detect Mars, another set of senses was already alerted to the effort. He felt himself becoming detached from the world as Lynn commandeered the receptors of his body, turning them into her spies. He had no choice now. It was time. Byron Ditch, also known by the somewhat comical signature, the Werewind, stood to face his victims, simultaneously drawing out all the air in the room and with such force that anyone not possessed of an inhuman physiology was nearly turned inside out. The staff and human patrons of the last stag choked on an uncaring vacuum, their extruded eyes laid wet and red upon their cheeks. Lynn pushed back at the implosive force with her inner void, propelling her ability to a level beyond her comfort, where the void creeped beyond its carriage of flesh and bone, a babbling brook of oblivion overspilling its banks. Lynn's void rose to meet Byron's vacuum, but the lack of oxygen left her too weak to mount an adequate defense. She was unconscious before she hit the floor. Keith had been sorely hurt by the attack, his sonic soul uniquely vulnerable to the lack of air. He tried to wrap his conductor's grip around the thunder crashing down in the distance to bring it down like a heavenly hammer upon his foe, but his reach woefully exceeded his grasp, and he too fell into darkness. Mars exploded through what remained of the kitchen door, leaping at the Oversapien, his collapsible spear outstretched and questing. Byron swept him aside with gale-force wind, smashing him into the large brick fireplace that occupied the other side of the room. The unswerving warrior rose from the ruined hearth, bloodied and broken, drawing down what he could of the warring spirit before rushing headlong at his opponent, realizing time was not on his side with this creature. Feeling similarly, the Oversapien immediately wrenched the air from Mars's lungs, snapping his ribs inwards in the process. Mars spit blood from between his clenched teeth, took four steps, and collapsed. Byron made sure the room wherein his fallen kinsman reposed was only slightly serviced by oxygen, assuring them an undisturbed sleep. Also, to ensure privacy, he extended a comparatively similar oxygen-depriving effect across the whole of the small town, rendering its citizens unconscious. Feeling confident in his work, he withdrew a small figurine from his pocket and aimed his thoughts at it. He would need assistance with the conveyance of his catch. Eric rarely slept, 
and on the occasion he did, it was never peaceful. Consequently, nighttime was generally for reading and wandering. Tonight it was The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. He was grateful to the storm for remaining overhead. Its brooding presence lent an additional level of absorption into Irving's already immersive conjuration. Although, Eric needed little help by way of imagining a much younger America. The Englishman was in the midst of determining if the moment warranted dipping into his tin of flavored pipe tobacco, which was currently in sore supply, when the lights died in tandem with a flash of lightning. He initially found the predicament a delightful opportunity to throw a fire into the hearth and read by its pastoral glow, a scenario that, when combined with the storm, more than warranted the thorough pillaging of his remaining smoking supplies. But then he remembered he was not alone, and it was likely Hazel might enjoy the use of electricity, a nicety he was still getting used to. Reluctantly, he put aside his book and all the other colorful aspirations he'd hoped to entertain. Hazel jolted upright the nearby lightning strike, breaking her from the grip of the implacable past. Listening to the rain beating against the window, she waited for the next bolt of lightning to explode the calm. The nightstand lamp refused to light the room, so she reached into the past, summing forth its previous illumination. She took the break from sleep to appreciate the sight of the storm. Drawing up to the window and parting the heavy curtains, plumes of thick dust outlining the effort. The night was awash in the colorless rush of wind and rain, and little pockets of gloom and shadow danced upon the very cusp of blue. She released the light back into the past, allowing the night to more fully encompass her. She draped her view of the storm beneath the memory of her father, the night blending with the monochrome of her remembrance. The touch of history was never kind to her. The slightest recollection seemed to invoke more of the past than was healthy. The machine was an undisputed master of irony. Deciding to investigate the prospect of a cold drink before returning to bed, Hazel made for the kitchen. The narrow beam of a flashlight cut through the darkness at her, and she froze. I'm so sorry, Hazel. I was just heading to the basement to inspect the generator to see if I could uh, get it running again. The storm seems to have knocked it out. Eric apologized from behind the blinding light. Hazel had already realized enough about the man to know his voice always betrayed his sincerity. But while his apology was genuine, his reasoning for being about seemed suspect, even under cursory inspection. If the generator's in the basement, I don't see how the lightning could have affected it, she said sounding a touch more critical than she'd intended. Eric looked embarrassed, even frustrated by her unveiled incredulity. But she could see his ire was raising. She wondered if the shrinking Englishman had simply grown tired of apologizing to her. Well, obviously something's wrong with the damn thing. It's no longer functioning properly now, is it? She could tell Eric's tongue was not accustomed to the taste of acid, as his tone and subsequent bearing shook when he tried to channel it. Sensing the man was in no mood to dicker on points, she decided to assist him wherever she could. When we get down there, I'll hold the flashlight so you can take a look. Hazel offered, her tone brandishing an unspoken apology for her earlier rudeness. She felt the moment smoothing over when he smiled that wan smile of his, a thing of almost childlike fragility, and handed over his flashlight.
The small oval of light flitted about the generator as Eric sought out its buttons and knobs, all the things Mars had shown him concerning the proper operation of the thing. Hazel held the flashlight steady, silently observing the awkward man fumble about the machine. She was about to regress the generator back to its former state of function when someone cleared their throat in the darkness behind them. <coughs> Both Eric and Hazel spun around, the oval of light now whirring madly about, seeking out the source of the sound. The illumination soon found its mark. Set back in the corner of the cellar was a man in a black suit. He sat cross-legged in a rickety folding chair, and even though the light fell directly upon him, certain shadows seemed unwilling to depart. The Malsapiens recognized him immediately. I'm glad to see the two of you are getting along, Spider Black commended. Neither Eric nor Hazel spoke, but only looked on, stunned. Spider stared directly into the flashlight, wincing a bit. The beam dimmed as the battery gave out. Framed in the dying orange glow, Spider Black almost whispered, I've a job for the two of you. It concerns your fellow passengers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 